Roadcast. I'm Daniel and this is and we're so thrilled to have you with us as we are cruising down the road Interstate 90 in South Dakota. Um, yesterday, I mean we're in South Dakota. I didn't realize like the Dakotas were so like Wild West in, in the sense. Um, I mean when you think of like Westerns in my head, I guess it's because we're Texans, you know, that I've just always thought Cowboys, you know, Texas. Arizona, New Mexico, but when you get up to the Northern Plains, I mean, you've really entered into cowboy and Native American country, and it's evident everywhere. In fact, North Dakota, South Dakota, they derive their name from the Lakota tribe, and so this was Lakota land, and we've gotten to learn a lot about that. In fact, yesterday we took the kids to 1880 town. What do you think about that? It's kind of a neat little uh, tourist trap coming down Interstate 90. It's exactly what it is. But it's, it's like an outdoor living museum. They've got old buildings from the wild, wild west that they have brought together. And basically, it's kind of created like a movie set, but all the buildings are not props. They're real. And so the moment you walk through the door and you come into 1880 town, it literally feels like you've gone back in time. And so Ray did a roadblock from there. And uh, that'll be up here shortly. I think you'll have a lot of fun with that. And uh, Mom even did a cameo on that one with the, with the brothers as we did kind of like the old silent film, Wild West, Damsel in Distress Rescue, right? On the railroad track, yes. Yeah, we just pulled out of a, uh, a KOA um, and got hit by a giant bug. Uh, <laughs> we just pulled out of a KOA in Kennebec, is that right? Yeah. It's kind of halfway in between. We stayed in Rapid City. Uh, the home of the presidents went to Mount Rushmore and uh, took and the then, kids. What's cool about Rapid City is that they actually have bronze statues of all presidents, all the presidents, all the way up until, um, they haven't put up a bomb yet, but they don't fall, but all the way up until. Um, yeah, Bush. and so what's neat is they're all in different poses uh -huh. and different, you know, it's, it's like outfits or whatever kind of give you a little bit of the history of the president. What was neat was the the one of Richard Nixon. Yes. He's he's sitting there like Mr. Maniacal. <laughs> Got his hands kind of folded. Capture, the artist trying to capture like I guess one of the, the traits that's most memorable about each president. And yeah. Did it like that. It was really neat. Yeah, Richard Nixon looks like Mr. Evil. Yeah, it was it was wild. Yeah. Mount Rushmore was amazing. We did the Iron Mountain Highway, yeah. which is like a 16-mile drive into Mount Rushmore. It's got like 314 turns, um, a couple switchbacks, pigtails that that loop around, and the bridges are made out of like old wood. It's just yeah. neat. 
and then you come through three tunnels that are carved right into the mountain, and as you're coming through the tunnel, it frames Mount Rushmore. It's kind of a really neat introduction. And so if you ever come to Mount Rushmore, my recommendation is that you don't take the short route in, but you actually go down south and come up Iron Mountain Road. You will thank me for that. It is amazing. It really has been kind of, we've had a couple weeks off um, of ministry, and so we've been able to just enjoy the the north the northwest my favorite was yellowstone yellowstone was amazing i think i found my park and that was i think that's probably my favorite national park we've been to so far it's neat you've got the hot springs the grand prismatic old faithful i saw erupt several times geysers everywhere i had no clue how massive how large how beautiful i mean we were hot one day and then we were in the snow the next just the the variables that take place in Yellowstone. I mean, there's a reason why it's America's first national park and still attracts so many visitors from around the world. It really is one of those things that you have to see in your life. I would put it right up there with the Grand Canyon, Yellowstone, Yosemite. Um, I mean, those are, those are plan your vacation at some point in time and get out here. Don't wait. It's really diverse. So diverse. And so... And I've got a picture of the Grand Prismatic, which really is one of the most, I, I, I think I'd seen pictures of it, but never really paid any attention to it being in Yellowstone. It looks like you're looking at, like the spectrum of the rainbow, but from the ground. Yeah. And we came up at a certain time where there was steam coming up off of it and the sun is hitting it just the right way. It turns the Grand Prismatic into like this mirror and you see the colors of the Grand Prismatic, the blues, the yellows, the reds, in the steam, and so it sort of reflects off that and in the sky. I mean, it is out of this world. And which really, I think it's Yellowstone, you just really feel like you've stepped someplace out of this world. It's hard to believe that that literally exists on the planet and then right in the middle of our country on a giant super volcano, volcano yeah. which erupted 70,000? Yeah, 70,000. It's due for another eruption. Yeah. I, well, I mean, you're walking on top of a super volcano, which literally has to have steam vents, which would create all the geysers and the, the fumaroles and everything around there because the ground is so hot underneath. Like, we went to this one part where uh, the, the parking lot, <laughs> we went to, to overlook a, uh, what was it, a hot spring? Yep. Caved in and uh, melted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a new little hot spring right there in the middle of the parking lot. It gives you an idea of just how active Yellowstone yes. is. Like it's only like, what they say, 100 miles? Right? What? Below the surface? Oh, no, it's, it's, it's less than that. It's like eight miles, I thought, eight or six miles at certain know. points. It's not You're on top of a giant super volcano. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy to think that. And, and actually, we're in the crater yeah. of it. So the whole entire park is actually the crater of the volcano. So it's massive. When, you, when we left, I started seeing on the news that there's been this swarm of earthquakes that are beginning to hit. Right after we left. Right after we left. Yeah. A swarm of earthquakes that have begun to hit Yellowstone. Yeah. And they say, ah, it's nothing to worry about. <laughs> Not, nothing to worry about. It's, it does this every now and then. <laughs> and so... 
anyway, it really has been a blast. The kids have loved it. Uh, Raya posted up a blog um, from, uh, which one did she just post? Wall Drug Store. <laughs> That's funny. Well, there's, there's a few more in the works, and so I'm trying to think which one yeah. just posted. Um, so she's, she's got a backlog. So those that have been wondering where Raya's blogs are at, they're, they're coming, and they're going to come quickly now. Um, well, because she had school. She, had school. she works with me on them, and so we, we do them together. And so um, I think one posted today of a throwback Thursday to Graceland, which she's a big Elvis fan. And if you'll watch that one, I promise you, you'll love it because there's even a part in there where I, I break down and do my Elvis impersonation twice in yes. it. It's so it's Wall Drug is another one of those tourist spots that, as you're driving down Interstate 90 on your way to or away from Mount Rushmore, you see these signs everywhere, big green signs that say, "Famous Wall Drug, Five Cent Coffee since 1931, Free Ice, free ice water. water, Come Face to Face with a Tyrannosaurus Rex." You just see it over and over and over and over and over again. So by the time you get there, you're kind of like, well, I guess I'll at least check this place out. And the story is, is that um, the owner, Mr. Husted, and his wife, they were pharmacists, and they bought this old pharmacy in Wall, South Dakota, back in the 1930, well, 1920s. And they were told by their friends and family, don't go to Wall, there's nothing there. The people that are there don't have any money. You're not going to make any money. This is just stupid. It's a dumb idea. And so... They, for five years, try to make it work. That was his kind of thing. He's like, we'll just give it five years. I, I love the town. I love the people. Let's just try and make this work. And so for five years, they did everything they could, but customers just did not come. They were dirt poor. And at the, at the place where it's, okay, let's just shut it down. And on a July afternoon, it's incredibly hot, and his wife goes upstairs in the pharmacy to go take a nap. And she can't go to sleep. She comes back downstairs, and her husband's like, is it too hot for you? And she says, no, it's not the heat, it's just the sound of all the cars driving up and down the highway. You know, because people are passing them by on their way to Mount Rushmore. She's like, it's just this noise. And he's thinking, how do I get all these cars that are just a mile from us, driving down the highway, don't even know that we're here, how do I get them to stop? And then he thinks, what is it that all of these people want after they've traveled this long way in all the heat? What's the one thing they want the most? They want something cold to drink. And so he painted a sign that said, free ice water, wall drug. And he went out on the highway and he started putting up these signs. Well, before he made it back, people started showing up at the store for ice water. And they never looked back since then. They literally turned that town around, turned their, city, their, their, their pharmacy around, all by advertising, giving away free ice water. It became a multi-million dollar idea. And to this day, now they're world famous. Yeah. Badlands is 
uh, a really beautiful place. The kids loved it because it's one of the parks that you can get out and start climbing on everything. And so they're climbing all the hills and the mountain. Before you know it, you turn around and there's your kid 50, 60 feet in the air above your head. And you're like, oh, Lord, <laughs> you know. But they had a blast. Caden loved it. I mean, he was like, I got this moment. He was climbing everything and I could do this. He did. And we, have, we, we came there on a day, it was clear sky and uh, a new moon. So that meant zero. It wasn't hot, it was like the 70s. Yeah, zero light at night. And so there was a lot of astronomers that were out there, and so we got to go out. We got to show the kids the Milky Way for the first time. Yeah, I mean, living. Never seen so many stars in their whole life. No, living in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, it's like six stars in the sky, and they're planes. Yeah. You know, they move. You don't. You just don't see the night sky. And so to be able to come to a place where it's just pitch black. There's no. There are no anything anywhere near you. There's no lights. And to be able to look out and just see all of the stars and the wonder of God's creation, you step back and you wonder how on earth, like David said, when I consider the stars, the work of your hands, you know, what is man that thou art mindful of? Even in Paul's writings, as he says, you know, when we, when we see all of nature and everything that's on the display, man is left without excuse. It's impossible. You can't look at creation and not see the creator intrinsically woven into every part of it. few galaxies. A few galaxies, yeah, just, you know, looking through the telescopes. I mean, we weren't even really planning on doing that. It's just that the timing worked out, and we thought, you know what? When are we ever going to have this opportunity again? It's a clear night, new moon, uh, you know, in the middle of really nowhere. And so we just took that opportunity, and it was, it was awesome. It's part of the fun of the journey. It is. It's part of the fun of the journey. So that's, we, we just shared an awful lot with you about kind of the fun that we've been having, and I apologize for that. Let's talk about ministry for a moment. A couple things. One is um, an article just came out in Charisma in the July issue. I have not had an opportunity to see that magazine yet, but I'm beginning to hear from people who are reading it and really encouraged by the story. But it talks about what we've done as a family, walking away from everything, um, selling the home, moving into an RV, traveling across the nation, one state, one week at a time, uh, telling the stories of revival history, and then at the same time also um, working to contend for a greater awakening. A great article. And if you get Charisma, please make sure that you, you, you get that article, you share it. It'll come up online soon too, and so we'll make sure that we share it when you see that. It would be a huge help to us and Charisma, who is so kind in writing that up, if you would just share that article. Um, it, it really does paint the story. It doesn't talk just about what we've done, but it's talking about what we really wanted to see, and that is the amazing churches around the nation. And they did a great job of incorporating some of those churches into that story. And so I really encourage you to pick that up. That's awesome. So we just rolled out of Washington State, uh, made a connection also in uh, North Dakota, just connected with, and Jenna didn't even know this yet, just connected with somebody who's part of a prayer center in Minnesota. And so he was asking about when we're coming through Minnesota and trying to get us connected there. So we got the number there. And so part of what we wanted to do on this part of the journey is make some connections in places we've never been. We don't have any relationships up here. And so it's neat as God's beginning to build those. Uh, but coming out of Washington, Washington was amazing. We uh, enjoyed our time at Family Church there in Lada, uh, Washington, which is just south of Spokane, there with Pastor Vince Schott and the team there. Just a phenomenal church. Fell in love with everybody there. 
What's funny is we're, we're driving past a big, huge sign that says Al's Oasis Restaurant. And they're advertising coffee for five cents. It's obvious that Wall Drug has left its mark all up uh, Interstate 90. Um, but just a phenomenal family there. We saw a week-long crusade. They did a family crusade. We got to meet some amazing people. We saw a lot of lives touch change there at the altar. Um, looking forward to hearing some of the testimonies that roll off of there. Kind of added that also a neat connection with New Horizon Church in Tacoma, Washington. That church kind of came about through two different people on the same day had mentioned it too. And so I'm talking with the pastor. The next day we were doing coffee together and then he shoots me a message later on, wants to know if we can come back by. And so we cruised back across Washington. So we went to Spokane, which is on one end. We'd already been in the Seattle West Side area near the coast uh, there with um, Rick and Debbie Payton, um, phenomenal church as well. We saw some of the neat things. We shared some of the testimonies off of that in our, our Q&A session. So we came all the way back across Washington to New Horizon Church to be with Dwayne Wolf. And we were there for Sunday morning. And then they asked us to do a Sunday night leadership intensive, which turned into an intercession session. It was powerful. It really did kind of put the icing on the cake for Washington. A lot of favor we found in Washington, a lot of great connections. I really do believe that's going to be one of those places that we can pour back into. Really want to stir into those wells of revival. We did a video while we were there on John G. Lake and his healing rooms ministry in Spokane. He was only there for about five years. They saw 100,000 uh, documented healings take place. And for those that are skeptics, deniers, um, you don't think that God's healing is for today. John G. Lake started this healing room in Spokane, Washington. And people would come 200, 300 a day just to be prayed for. And they would come in and they would have a team of intercessors that would just lay hands, pray for them, keep them in the presence. And day after day, they're documenting healings. And the stories were so outrageous that the Chamber of Commerce was, the Better Bureau, Business Bureau was called in to investigate the claims. And so John G. Lake, he did not shrink back from that. He welcomed it. And so he encouraged, he said, bring lawyers, teachers, educators, physicians, bring them all in, put together a panel and investigate these claims. And he started giving the, the testimonies to them with the names and the addresses of the individuals. And so they went in, they began to investigate and, you know, John G. Lake is like, let's put together a big, I mean, he's, let's put this out there. Let's make sure that it's, it's fully documented and verified. They come back to him and they say this. They said, the half has not even been told of the stories. And so they celebrated, commemorated, gave him a nat, like a, uh, like a city commendation uh, for the work that they were doing there in Spokane. A hundred thousand documented healings that took place during that time. Unprecedented. I don't know of any other ministry in America that had ever seen that kind of influence in a city at that that quick of a pace. It was. This came out of Washington, declared as the healthiest city in America from like 1915 to 1920. And so just phenomenal. So it was neat to go to the site of where that healing room was. Now it's a parking lot. But there's also a ministry that has picked up that kind of uh, mantle and they operate a healing room there in Spokane that they pray for people. Um, they see, you know, uh, 
people healed on a regular basis as well. And uh, just neat to see. So it's just kind of neat. Washington is just a, a, it's a beautiful state. It's got a rich history with some amazing things that kind of happened. But as Pastor Vince Schott said, the state's never seen a prolonged move of God. Even John G. Lake's ministry that lasted for five years and then was over with. And that's, that's Pastor Vince's heart. Yep. So Washington, we will be back and looking forward to what God is going to do as we begin to dream into that. Uh, came through North Dakota, met uh, tremendous Pastor Jim um, Hessler at uh, Dickinson. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the church at the top of my head. I think Living, Living, Living River or something. Anyway, uh, in Dickinson, North Dakota. It's an oil town. It was obvious when we came rolling there. It's right outside of Roosevelt National Park. And it was a need to make that connection with him. Really has a heart, desire to see revival come. Again, one of those places where three different people had mentioned the church all at the same time. We roll into North Dakota and he calls me. And so it's just neat when you start seeing those confirmations. And so it was neat to make that connection. Looking forward to seeing where that goes also in North Dakota. And so now here we are in South Dakota heading towards Iowa. On our way, yeah. We're going to be able to hit Nebraska and Minnesota uh, and Kansas along the way. Looking forward to doing the story of Topeka, Kansas and the outbreak of, um, you know, really what became the precursor to Azusa and the Pentecostal movement all took place in Topeka, Kansas. And so that's a story I can't wait to share with you. Yeah, that'd be fun. So anyway, how are we doing on time? Oh my word, it goes so fast. As you know, the rules of the roadcast, 30 minutes, the camera starts to roll, we don't stop, no start, no stops, no edits, whatever happens, happens, it's like you're on the road with us. And so in the last eight minutes, let's talk about the blog that you just wrote, um, and just kind of like life on the road. Could have. We could have. Uh, it would have been a very small one, so we would have had to do several loads of very small things. But um, the previous owners decided to put that as storage, which is great for us because that's where we keep our kids' clothes. And so without that, we went back and forth trying to decide what the best thing would be to do. And I thought that the storage was the better option. So, so we find laundromats. Uh, we find uh, some of the churches that we've been to have had laundry facilities on the campus, which is when you do a lot of living outside. Yes, absolutely. And especially if you have two little boys that find dirt and water and mud yep, yep. and sweat and all of, all of that. Very frequently, it takes zero time for them to find dirt to get involved in. And so, um, so yeah, I wrote a blog about it because as I was sitting at the laundromat, and I had been at this particular laundromat like three times in the short amount of time we had been in Washington. And, uh, and I was like, gosh, I'm here again. 
You know, you also made a list of things, and some people that have commented on the on the blog, you know, really appreciated the the transparency and the vulnerability that you showed in that, and just talking about some of the things that we don't necessarily always talk about. Right. Yeah. Things like bitterness and you know, pride, hurt, offense, jealousy. Jealousy. You know, the little the little small things. You know, the Solomon said, "Beware of the little foxes that spoil the vine." Right. That's why he fights for us. Absolutely. You know, this journey for us has has been so rich and so rewarding and in so many ways so personal. Yes. Um, you know, what we have personally experienced and received, I was just spending some time with the Lord, just, you know, as I was outside kind of taking care of some things. And, um, you know, when you're in a, an environment like this where you're living in a small space, everything is amplified. You know, I mean, I was in the restroom, and if you can call it that, it's a closet that you barely can figure out how on earth can you fit a toilet in here and, and nothing else. And, you know, there was a couple other things in there, and I'm like, man, that little, we keep a, a gallon of water in there for when we're going down the road. And I'm like, that thing is so huge in here. It's something you wouldn't, you wouldn't normally consider. You know, but because the space is so confined that even the small things take up such space that you become very aware of those little things. And in my own life, I'm even recognizing those little things that when we lived in a 3,000 square foot home, it was easy to go downstairs rather than deal with that real quick nature thing to get angry, you know, at, at a kid uh, because they did something that you didn't want them to or just the time where you're just like, you know, I just want just want some me time at the moment, but you begin to realize how stinking prideful 
and how arrogant or, you know, just you see those things in your own life. And it's, it's been like staring face to face in a mirror and seeing some things that you hadn't seen before. And you're just like, my word, I got a lot of work to do in me. And I'm thankful that I'm not the one doing the work, that it's him. And I can just yield to that and be cleansed in that. Um, and I say that as we're currently crossing over the Missouri River right now, which is beautiful. This is the Missouri River, which flows into the Mississippi. Um, you know, it's... There's, there's those moments, those times where we've got to come by his, his water, his river, and we can live in that place. The only way that we can stay constantly clean is to stay in the constant flow of his spirit. Because when we're outside of that, we see how quick it is for us to return back to that depraved human nature, which is always with us. We're always at war with that old man that we've got to daily put up on the cross and crucify him and say goodbye, you know, you're not, you're not coming back to life. I've settled this, you're, you're done, over with, this is, this is it. And so I'm, I'm experiencing that in my own life. I pray that encourages you, um, you know, that you're like, wow, um, you know, you guys deal with these things, absolutely. And when you're in a space like this, you see it in the pressure cooker, you know? And it's that opportunity just to be able to put that before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Didn't realize that was still there and needed to be addressed. Yes. He's always speaking. And you know what? We, are, we aren't always listening. And so in the book, we talk about cultivating that lifestyle of hearing God's voice. But God's, He really is speaking all of the time. And, and I mean, I'm sitting in a laundromat doing laundry, and He speaks to me. You know, so it's in, it's in that everyday things that He will show us and use to open our eyes to actually see. You know, if we will yield to that, if we yeah. will be been along with us for the journey oh, absolutely. as he's along with you for the journey absolutely. and so I take um, great comfort in knowing that we're in the father's hands yes. you as well well we are rolling to Knoxville Iowa yes. we'll be at New Journey Church with David Woodcock uh, July the 16th. the 16th right before that with Pelham Open Bible Church and then also, uh, we're still be in the Iowa area. Um, can't remember the name of the church that we're following with, but uh, check the article that'll be alongside with this roadcast. We'll make sure that we give all the posts about where we're going to be ministering at. Also, coming up into the summer, late summer in the fall, we're headed into New England. Um, a lot of brand new territory. Uh, you guys have been so tremendous and so helpful in helping us build some connections. And so there are a lot of states that we need to build some connections in. And if you can help us out with that, I'm thinking Ohio, Kentucky, Maine, New Hampshire, uh, New Jersey, New Jersey, uh, New York, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Virginia. We've got some places that we're already going to be, but we've got a lot of openness in, those, in our schedule. I would prefer not to take a New England vacation. In the fall, I would love to be uh, working with churches during those times as we're doing a lot of American history and revival history. That area is so rich, and so it's going to be such a rewarding experience. So please help us out with that. 
And so we love you to our 300. Thank you guys so much. You guys are amazing and awesome. Um, you help us do what we do and we're all doing it together. For those that have jumped on board recently, uh, I'm thinking like uh, Pastor Rick and Debbie's uh, church there in um, uh, Centralia. Uh, thank you guys for jumping on board with the 300. We have several more that have come on board with that. You guys, you literally are, you're blessing us, and we do feel it. We feel your prayers, we feel your support, we feel like we're doing this together, so thank you so much. Thank you for watching and, and continuing to follow along on the journey. As you know, trailoffire.org, the best place to stay up to date on all of this, as well as our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we do our best to try and just keep this out there so that you know what's happening. And so if you want to know, uh, we're, we're openly sharing that, and so you can check it out right there. And share with us what's happening in your life. We love that. Listen, you need to know. You need to hear this because this is our family. We're we're together. You're part of our family as well. We are getting to experience this amazing adventure. But what would make it awesome is if we get to share it with you. Yes. And so we genuinely do appreciate the comments, the messages, the things that you send us along the way. That's our sitting down at the campfire and just spending time together, celebrating with one another. So please do that. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless. Keep blazing that trail as we're on that trail of fire. We're believing for revival.